Welcome to Accounting High. Previously on Social Studies at Accounting High. I was a big Jason cheerleader from, from the start. I still am. The whole YouTube channel is probably because of Jason. Like, the confidence is from Jason. For the longest time, I had more followers than Jason, and he's been chasing me for like the last year trying to catch up and he finally did he's the alpha now (laughs) they call it standing on the shoulders of giants Mm -hmm. and so like i'm standing on i'm definitely standing on jason's shoulders (laughs) (laughs) i don't need to because i'm taller than him but Grow, 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 grow marketing. It's Thursday. We gon' advertise and chat on Thursday. At Accounting High and Branding Talk is Thursday. And we gon' help you social post so you're in first place. It's time for social studies, accounting content hub, LinkedIn marketing, or X. So come join a social club. Is it Twitter? Is it X? Shit, now I can't keep up. So comment, follow, love. If you're into social studies, it's time for social studies, accounting content hub, LinkedIn marketing, or X. So come join a social club. Is it Twitter? Is it X? Shit, now I can't keep up. So comment, follow, love. If you're into social studies, Welcome back, Accounting High. Now it's time for social studies. We'll teach you new creative ways to market old products. Move beyond basics with graphing stats. Some studs you love. Position like Laura Lynn and you'll learn it's not all luck. Oh, wait, now it all changed. SEO down, IG up. I see X meta, TikTok, hey, LinkedIn, Roman V up. If you watch how they post, you'll see it's all authentic and genuine. Grow a following and don't get held back by perfection. Be intentional online, create content. Now that's hot. Strategy is key with social media and pods. Start slow, pick up platforms, stick to it, and go. Post, make a plan to engage with client watering holes, create a focus brand, be a lead online. It's a digital world with the best ROI. Now, create your own ideal client persona. Let's go. Keyword accounting high and get ready to blow. It's time for social studies, accounting content hub, LinkedIn marketing, or X. So, come join our social club. Is it Twitter? Is it X? Shit, now I can't keep up. So, comment, follow, love. If you're into social studies, it's time for social studies, accounting content hub, LinkedIn marketing, or X. So, come join our social club. Is it Twitter? Is it now I can't keep up, so comment, follow, love, if you're into social studies. Follow this show, stay in the know, thought lead online through networking, like, share, repost, subscribe, YouTube, comment, engage, create, find your way. Introducing the star of our show, Jason Stats and Scott Scarano. We're going to have a problem here. Now class is in session. Let me introduce our guest. This is Jason Stats. Let's just kind of like set the stage here, right? Let's kind of talk about what what is your number for for different things, right? What's mm. your number right now? Like when I say when I ask you that question, I think of it for me, my number is a hundred now, right? Or not a hundred, a thousand. It was a hundred. So when I'm thinking of the podcast, I wanted to get to about a hundred listeners per episode. Mm. I got there. Then I, it was 500 and I got there. Now it's a thousand, right? So that's my number. And I've got different numbers for different things. So for you, let's start with YouTube. You hit 2000. What's your number now? What's your number goal? I'm not really a goal guy. I'm a, I'm a do the stuff you want to do every day and see where it takes you guy. 
I like that. For the first year of my YouTube channel, my goal was publish two videos every week for an entire year. We, okay. And we did that. So that's more how I think about it because I try not to like get too hung up on the things I don't have control over. So sure, you want to have a million subscriber YouTube channel? Don't make stuff for firm owners to start with. Like it's, you know, it's very, very specific. So along the way, you learn like, who's this channel actually for? Is it, are you going to make... Are you just going to make tax stuff, which that can be a big channel. You have a million plus sub tax channels out there. I didn't know when I started out, but I found that what I enjoyed is making stuff for people like me who are running firms. And that's just a much smaller channel. It's a balancing act because the things you, you do every day have to take you to a place you want to be. But I think of it more in terms of habits, like what are the my, my goals are, I think, more micro than that. And then you kind of see where it takes you. That is so perfect. Atomic habits for accountants. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Mm -hmm. And that's your answer. You just basically said that in so many words. So. Yeah. And I like, even like, even with your podcast, like you've iterated on, you know, different versions of it. And I think oftentimes setting a goal that's too far out there takes your eyes off iterating and, and making it the best version of what it can be and also the version that you most enjoy doing. So yeah, I, I think, I think smaller than that usually. That's great advice. I don't even want to go into the other numbers or goals like this is, this is awesome because I, I get influenced by the people around me too. Like I, I, I tend to listen more to the people I look up to and we give advice and there's others that are always talking about numbers. You know, there's people that tell me, Oh, our, our numbers are this and, and we get there so then that kind of influenced me too. But yeah. trying to like, I'm trying to do something that I'm, I feel proud of, that I'm passionate about. And I feel like you're doing that in everything you do. You were quoted saying, you know, you got to be comfortable releasing something that's pretty bad at first and you get there. And, but also I think to add to that is you got to be comfortable releasing something that you're happy with too. And you can't just release something just to do it or yeah. just for the sake of like somebody else is doing it. So now I got to do a YouTube video or I got to do a, a podcast because everybody else does. You also got to do something that you're proud of, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still release stuff that's bad. So the video that's going to release this Sunday is the first vlog that I've ever done. And it's killing me because I've done two vlogs since then. And they're so much better than this first one. I learned so much through the process of doing a vlog format video instead of the normal studio type stuff that I do. I learned so much doing that, that the, the subsequent ones are so much better. Sure. But I'm still going to hit publish. So I'm still going to publish this first one. But where it got me to was I shot a vlog at, at ZeroCon that's going to be phenomenal. Like I'm so hyped mm. for that. And had I not like stumbled through doing those first couple, that ZeroCon vlog wouldn't be in a place that I was really proud of. So I don't know that you ever... I don't know that you ever stop doing bad stuff by maybe by other people's standards. When that goes out, it won't be bad by my standards. It is, but it's because I'm doing something new. I'm trying to learn something new. I think vlogging has an interesting angle of have, having a more intimate feel like a more, more vulnerable feel like I can sit in a studio and rail about stuff. And that doesn't feel especially personal. Whereas, you do a vlog and and that kind of follows you throughout the day. Like that's a much that's got a much different vibe. So I don't know. I think everybody needs to be experimenting. And if you're not putting stuff out that is a work in progress, then I think you're publishing too slow. Yeah, you know I, I can always kind of relate what you're saying to 
to my own experience, right? And I didn't even release an episode of this until until after we recorded one that was good. And I still had to release all the ones before that mm-hmm. until I got to that one to kind of show that iterative process. Yep. Like it's kind of grow as a person and you evolve as you're doing it too. Yeah, you, you got to build a process that's going to yield the best version of yourself. So you got to kind of set things up in a way so that in the end, you're in a place that you're not now where you want to be, where you're able to do a new thing or, or you have more confidence around a certain thing, something like that. So, you know, I've, I, I'm genuinely dreading this video that goes out Sunday. I've got like, are you not going to really promote it that much? You're just going to kind of slowly release it or no, I always do. So like, I, like I've got, I've got the same process for how stuff gets promoted, like the same level of investment goes into promoting every single video. Because the other thing that I need to know is what do people on the other side think of this? So YouTube's algorithm right now is really rewarding longer form content. So this is a 30 minute vlog. I need to see what does the engagement look like in terms of views, but also in terms of retention and view duration. So if I kneecap myself by not telling anybody about it, but then it turns out people will watch a vlog twice as long as they'll watch a studio video. Like I need to know that. So I kind of have to standardize how I promote things. But at any given time, like this is like what the world sees when you are publishing things for people to see. But I've shot like seven videos since then. So like at any given time, I'm like, I'm thinking three steps ahead of where I was when that thing got published. But what the world sees is just like where you are at as those things are getting published. And so it's like, it's definitely sort of a mental exercise and like patience is really hard for me. I'm a very... Uh, mm. impulsive person so mm-hmm. I get pumped about an idea and I'm like man I want to shoot this and ship it tomorrow and I'm like I can't like I like I sell ads on most of my videos and like that stuff takes months so like it's it's definitely a process and you have to be okay with getting stuff out there because being there at all is much better than just not being there because 99% of people aren't publishing any sort of content Patience is definitely a learned skill that I have. It's it's hard for a lot of us, I think, like especially the creatives where you've got a burning idea and you want to tell people, you want people to see it because you want that feedback loop. You want to be able to see if it's a good idea or not too. Yeah. And and that's the that's the other thing about releasing stuff that you may think is not that good. A lot of times when I release something that I think is that's usually the stuff that people like the most. I don't know why. Like it's always the opposite of whatever you think. Like if you're excited about yeah. something, you release it, it like falls flat. That's happened to me plenty of times. It's an, it's another data point, right? So yeah, often you know, your own filter is kind of your own worst enemy oftentimes. And it's what keeps people from being vulnerable and doing video content to begin with. They're just they don't want to see themselves. They don't like the sound of their own voice. Every single person in the universe has said that when they first hear themselves so yeah that like that filter is something you kind of just have to get over and once you can get over it it's it's a real superpower i think i just made you listen to your voice for two minutes yeah I, i've at this I, like i don't even think about it i mean you've you do it for years like i have you want to feel sorry for somebody i've got full-time people that literally look at me and listen to my voice the entire day like imagine that Imagine having yeah. somebody where their job is literally to sit there and like look at the same person, hear the same voice, and that's like all they do is they hammer on that content all day long. Like, how uncomfortable is that? 
to think that there's somebody out there doing that. But like, that's the nature of like putting this stuff out there in front of people is like, you kind of have to get over that. I don't know that discomfort. Some of us kind of thrive off of that though. Like I love other people's eyes on me or ears on me. Like this is, I've, I've always lived for that attention in, in school at a young, young age up until now. Like, and sometimes I've tried to fight that too. And I didn't necessarily like it myself, but that's, there's a whole whole other complex to talk about, about that. But it was always like, I always wanted to be an actor or something at a young age. I always wanted to entertain. Mm. Some people have an element of that, of it being energizing to do that. And yeah, I think where you have it, you kind of have to lean into it and let that sort of drive you. Like I've had, I mean, and that happens with me where it's like, it's feeling like a grind. And sometimes that element of like, yeah, but this is going to be really epic or this is like such a good bit. It's going to kill like, yeah, like sometimes you kind of lean into that to get you over the hump. But that right there, like this is a good bit. It's going to kill. And then if it doesn't kill, your expectations aren't met because you just set an expectation in your head that it's going to go well. And if it doesn't, that to me kills me. That's a knife in my heart sometimes. I'm just like, oh, I thought that was going to be funny. <laughs> I thought that was going to be good. How do you uh, react to those kind of situations? Uh, used to hurt. Now, honestly, I don't care. So I think it's really, really good for the human psyche to put out something you're really proud of. And then you in your YouTube analytics, you can pull up the the graph of who's watching and when and when uh-huh. it, when everybody checks out. You can see people falling off throughout the entire video. A normal YouTube retention rate on like a run of the mill average YouTube video. You normally have like 20 percent of people watching at the end of the video. So you worked really hard on this thing. You think that everything that you said is really important. Well, then why is everybody checking out? So it's honestly, it's it's a really good thing for the human psyche, I think, because we all assign a much higher level of importance to the things that we say and think and all of that than other people do. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how important you think it is if nobody else will listen. It programs you to frame things in a way where like people will actually pay attention because if nobody clicks the video to begin with, or if they click off after 20 seconds because your intro was just super boring, then it's like you didn't even need to bother making it in the first place. That's a good point you made because I have the data on the podcast and anybody that listens on Spotify, at least I can see all of that information. And when I released your episode, I thought it was clever to what we were talking about. I was going to do a rap. I hadn't even done it yet when we recorded and I had done it and I put it in there and I look at the data and everybody's listening until the 45 minute mark and it <laughs> drops. <laughs> it like dips. And that was like, I honestly, like I get, I get it too because people are trying to listen to the conversation and then it's like an ad almost like yeah. I put it in there as like, I thought it was clever, but then I realized, you know, sometimes you stuff that you think in the moment aren't like, that's an important part of this process too, is to understand how the audience reacts to something that you might think is going to go well. It's a balancing act because you also have to balance for like, what are the things you actually want to do? So like a great example is I've done a few gaming videos on my CPA channel where it's like, I'll play games that are like about taxes and they're hilarious. And I think it's so funny. And they are all these like stupid things that I just think are hilarious. And they absolutely bomb every single time. So they, I loved it. And then I got bored. (laughs) So here's here's the thing. It was a great idea. It'll get about a, third of the views as normal but there's also a subset of people that absolutely love it that like yeah. we're like rabid about it and so like it get, it got actually more engagement than normal videos would 
And so for a specific type of person, it's really good. And so like you look at that through the lens of like, well, what do I want to do? Like, would it make more sense to spin that out a separate gaming channel or something like that? So that the people who want that can always get it. Uh, in my case, I don't think there's enough of an audience for it. But yeah, you kind of got to weigh it against what are the things that I want to make? Because the whole like numbers, views, stuff like that, like it's all vanity metric. At the end of the day, I think people think of things in terms of numbers because they see your mega stars with huge follower counts and stuff like that. And they think that's a benchmark for success when it's not. It's really just like running a firm where you could you could have a 10,000 client firm where like you'll do anything and everything for anybody and it's super cheap and all these things. Or you can have a firm with 20 clients where you're phenomenal for these people and they pay you through the nose for what you do. It's the same thing with content, really. You can make killer, killer, killer stuff that is so good for a very, very specific type of person. And that's extremely valuable to advertisers, to viewers, to all that stuff. That view count, so many of those numbers are kind of pointless. They're kind of vanity metrics. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. It synthesized a lot of things in that statement there, especially when you talk about firm. People that are focused on their top line or focused on those big vanity metrics, those big numbers. Yeah. They're the people that are working the hardest. They're the most miserable. Not always, but in, in a lot of cases, people, I was miserable when I was chasing the top line, when I was chasing that top line growth because it was a number. Mm -hmm. And that number was like a false sense of confidence or a false sense of pride almost. Those things shift over time and we get it. And then once you get like certain things in life, once you get it in one area, then you can apply it to all the other areas too. And I think that's definitely the case with those vanity metrics. So... I mean, enough about numbers. Do you have any dreams for the profession at large? you have any thoughts or dreams about where we're headed? Yeah, I think right now, I think right now the best things are coming out of what people are learning when they're around other firm owners. So like, what is, what's the best version of, of this profession for the people in the profession, not for the people outside the profession, but for firm runners. And I think the people who are most engaged with other firm owners right now are much more self-aware of their own boundaries of the either explicit or implicit rules of engagement they've set up for their firms. I think the firms who are not collaborating with other firm owners and kind of keep to themselves don't have perspective of what those boundaries look like of the fact that you get to make the rules and how you engage with clients. And I think sometimes they can kind of become the victim. So like if there's a, if there's a trend I'm seeing now that would be great to see a hundred X more of it's people understanding all of the different ways that they can set those boundaries with clients before they get run out of the profession. So like how many people already have been run out of the profession because they didn't have a firm environment they could work within that enabled boundaries and they were able to go to work, go home and be home for dinner and stuff like that. Like I think firms, and this is like, I think this is great for small firms and mid-sized firms because they're going to enable this and the big firms are what they are. Like they're just, they're kind of a mill, but seeing more innovation in small firms and small firms that are for a very, very specific type of person, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Uh, more specificity there. But just the fact that like, we're either going to make our own rules or we're going to run everybody out of the profession until we do uh, because clients will take, take, take. Everybody's acting out of self-interest. And so until you set up boundaries, you're just, you're going to be the punching bag for all that. There's a lot of evolution that's happening. That's still going to happen, but it starts with 
people getting out of their own little echo chamber. We used to be in an echo chamber just within our one firm mm -hmm. or within the one group of people that you interact with or then within one social network. You go pop over to another one and everybody's talking about, you know, different stuff. Like you're you're hopping from network to network and sharing it all with the people that maybe just stay in LinkedIn. But I see now recently that that's a you know cool thing that you're doing. You're taking posts from other places and popping them into Twitter. You know, kind of just share what's outside our own little bubble. Mm -hmm. If I can push people to do one thing, it's get out of that kind of firm group think. Like it's why I like take people from my team to ZeroCon, stuff like that. Like you don't realize how limited your thinking is when you're surrounded by the same little team every single day, working with the same clients every single day. Like you don't realize just how much control you have over making the rules and deciding what types of clients you work with. I think you don't, and how you do it. I don't think you realize that until you talk with other people and you're like, oh wow, you're doing X, Y, Z and it's completely different than how you approach it and think about it. Like the more of those conversations you have, the more I think it makes it feel like you're in the driver's seat. Like the more control mm -hmm. I feel like you think you have because you can see these models for how other people are doing it successfully. Yeah, it's it's the advantage of being able to think differently too. Like you may you may even think you're thinking differently until you get your head out of your own and you see how everybody else is doing it. Or and I think that you know that kind of plays into what you were saying. Yeah. So if if you're the very very best at every single thing you do in the world then yeah, don't talk to anybody else. But if there's anything that you do that anybody is better than you at, you're much better off sharing your playbook, attracting the people who will help you with those different things. Like like that that whole like competitive, put the walls up, don't share your trade secrets is so ignorant. It comes from a place of like, there's like this presumption that you're doing everything better than everybody else. When in reality, and you know, it's, it's like why when people come to me and they're like, you share so much stuff, like, why do you share it? Like, I, I'm so appreciative. Why do you go through all this effort? Like, because if I put something out there and I share how I do it with a thousand people, what's the likelihood that one of those thousand people knows how to do it better than I do or has a little bit of nuance to like paint a more full picture of that thing? Pretty darn high. So like the fact that I have a routine of like putting that stuff out there every single day Absolutely, I'm helping people and there's value in that. But you know how much value I'm getting back when I put that thing out there and then 15 people reply with kind of their own seasoning to that same thing? Like, I'm the biggest beneficiary of that because I'm seeing all of it. So like to come from the place of still 99% of firms who are like, you don't talk about what we do, like we're very private about all of that. Uh, to got our trade secrets. Yeah, to the other end of the spectrum where you're, you're sharing your playbook like the people who are on that end of the spectrum are growing so fast right now and like have so much more confidence in how they set boundaries and design their firm and all of that like i want to see like a hundred times more of that as this industry kind of continues to flip on its end those are the people that are going to get left behind the ones that aren't that aren't even looking outside themselves those are the firms that are going to grow to retire and not have any anything to sell, uh, not have anything to pass on, not have any legacy to provide. Yep. I was going to talk about legacy too, before we go into other things. So, you know, dreams and legacy are, are words that I want to use. I, I actually wasn't even going to talk about goals today, but I'm glad we brought that up. Legacy, you can only really control what you put out, what you do. Can't control how people react to it. You're going to get to the point where you're 
you got to start thinking about what kind of legacy you want to leave behind too, right? Do you ever think about that? Not really, because it feels too outside my control. In my mind, legacy is kind of like even an even bigger version of goal setting, right? It's one of those things that I think just happens if you do the right things along the way. I guess I think really, really small. So I think, what's the impact this one video is going to have on people? It's going to open this door or that door for them, and they're going to realize X, Y, Z. Or they're going to have this little bit of confidence or this little thing to say the next time they're in that situation. And will there, like, is there a cumulative effect to that? Like, for sure. But I think if I start thinking, uh, at the end of the day, like the only thing that's going to get there, get you there is all of the small things. So I don't, I honestly, I don't give too much attention to that. I can also tell you like the most fun part about this, all like making content and all this stuff is just the doors that it opens. Like the, like you get to meet just all these super rad people and you go to like conferences and stuff like that. And you've got like really, really talented people that are doing really cool things. And they're like, I watch your stuff and I love it. And I'm like, that's not a relationship you would otherwise have. It makes you better along the way because you get to like build these relationships you wouldn't otherwise have. Yeah. And we're better people because of it. Like I can, I can definitely relate to that now because, you know, obviously like as, as I'm growing, I'm learning from everybody else. So historically, and I, and I liken this to like, I, I can always relate stuff to rap because I'm writing, I'm writing a rap about this book too. But, um, Infinite Game. Have you heard of it, Simonson? Uh-huh. You have you heard of the concept wor- worthy rival? No. This is a way of framing the competition to be more of. He says worthy rival is another player in the game worthy of comparison. Worthy rivals may be players in our industry or outside our industry. They may be our sworn enemies or sometimes collaborators or colleagues. Somebody that we may have been felt envy for, or jealousy that they're doing something better than us, or they, you know, it's it's almost like you got to see that as they see they may see you in that light too like you just said like you're running into people at the conference and you're looking at their content but they're telling you how much they like yours yeah. you know you don't even see it like that you know it's i think in a way we used to feel a lot more competitive about these things and we didn't really see it in the light of everybody's got something to contribute yeah. and i've you've been very consistent about that message always since our, your first episode on here and, and even now you know that everybody has something to add and I think that's that's what also kind of helps project the right message across people that are learning or that are at the first stages of this iterative process. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, it's just like talking with other firm owners. There's so much more to gain by like working with them and learning from them. And you both end up better on the other side. Like, great example. Uh, I run an accountant community. You know, Ryan Lozanis runs his own accountant community. And there are, some of the same people would go to either one of those. Me and Ryan are are different and the not all, but a lot of the things we preach are different. But like every time I see Ryan and he's the same way, it's like, man, why don't we talk more? Like we gotta like we gotta and so we swap ideas about like what's working in your community, what's not working? What are people getting value from? Uh, like we're both learning how to build a community that's as useful and valuable as possible to the people who are in it. And we could be like, because we're uh, we're drawing from the same probably group of people and potential members and all of that, like that could be an adversarial thing, adversarial thing. It absolutely isn't. Like every time we talk, like we're learning from each other. And honestly, when we come away from those discussions, it's like, geez, we need to do this more because we're each going to make each other better along the way. And by extension, help all of the people who are who are engaging in those communities and, and all that. So 
Yeah, I, it's. I think it's a. I, honestly, I think what's unlocked a lot of it is is just the internet and the ease of communication mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. able to build a network so much easier. People see the value of doing that now, whereas kind of the legacy mindset was the opposite. But yeah, it's just like, I mean, the fastest way to get better at anything is just to steal everybody else's good ideas. Like that's like. So why would you not? like an artist? Yeah. He talked about that in his presentation too, which in a way, we, the, those who inspire us could also have in the past been the ones that we see as, as sworn enemies, right? But, and you use that word legacy too. And I was going to, I was going to point that out earlier. Like we use the term legacy when we're talking about accounting products and legacy mindsets yeah. and older mindsets. And that's the legacy that I don't think it's by any fault of anybody else's of theirs, you know, of, of the prior generation. I think it's the product of what we're experiencing through the internet that they didn't have too. And, you know, you said that in, in so many ways that their legacy that they're leaving behind may not be as favorable in our eyes, but that's because we had different advantages and different opportunities through the connected, you know, through how connected we are to, to be able to create that whole bigger perspective and view. Yeah. And the reality is like very nuts and bolts. What networking looked like in the past was talking to the 10 people who geographically were right by you. And in an age of more scarcity, you know, when accounting firms, for example, are just drawing on local people, like you, you are in competition with them much more than today where mm-hmm. everybody has a distribution problem because you can reach anybody at any given time and like the internet's just increased everyone's reach by a thousand X and you're never going to have any hope of, of reaching everybody that you could in your lifetime. So it's like that whole, that whole scarcity thing, which was much more genuine, you know, before the internet than it is now, like that whole scarcity thing is just out the window, especially in our industry where it's like, there's just way more work to be done than we could ever hope to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's and we're hearing abundance more. There's there's abundance over scarcity because it's true. We can see it. Yeah. You know, we, it's tangible to us. We can see the abundance because we see the numbers and we see, you know, where everything's coming from. We have that better perspective. So it's and you know, so then that goes with that goes with the boundaries too, right? Like setting boundaries not just with clients but also with the socials and with everything else. Like, how do you go about? doing that for me specifically yeah yeah that was one reason why i'd never done any vlogs is it's easy to set boundaries within a studio and so you kind of had to think more about like what those boundaries looked like uh what you're willing to put in front of people so you have to be intentional about it you have to think of enforcing boundaries for stuff like my kids where they don't have the ability or the wherewithal to like know what should be shared online and what shouldn't be shared online so yeah, I, I, you definitely have to think about it and be intentional about it. For myself, I've got very little in the way of boundaries because I think the more the more vulnerable you are, the more it encourages other people to be vulnerable kind of in your circle. And that's like where the meaningful stuff happens. Mm-hmm. It's like the difference between the people that share all their wins versus the people that share all their wins and losses. I'm a very open book, more so than most people, but it's it's... Because that's what people are going to get the most value from is the squishy stuff. And it's also where I am going to learn from other people like when they had those kind of similar shared experiences. 
it takes a level of confidence to be able to be vulnerable though too like you gotta have you gotta be very you gotta be very sure of of who you are to be able to share of where you lost and what you learned along the way and i'm learning that as well i'm, I'm learning that you know in in so many ways like the mistakes and the failures that we've had made us who we are. They're not, they don't make us failures. They make us successes later. If we can learn from that and share that too. Like the more I share my failures and what I up, the more I can learn because then I have another perspective of somebody reacting to that and what, how, how it maybe inspired them or how they went through that same experience too. Yeah. And they're offering and they're, they become more vulnerable like during those conversations or during that, you know, interaction. Yeah. I mean, it's why the people that build those walls up the most are the most insecure people out there. So it's like, it's, it's kind of a, like a flywheel effect of being vulnerable, seeing other people's, seeing other people's issues too. Um, and learning from that and just being better on the other side of it. I'm, I still consider myself insecure in a lot of ways. <laughs> I think that's partly why I, I do the things I do like because I'm insecure though. The best thing that you can do the best thing people can do who struggle with that, honestly, obviously keep pushing on that and like keep what you do, like with rapping and stuff like that, like you, you push up against that, which is good. But I can tell you from like putting myself out there for years and putting out a lot of vulnerable, vulnerable content and stuff like that, people are always going to hate on that stuff. People mm -hmm. like people. They pounce on the weaknesses. Yeah. And so that happens all the time. There's no greater skill than to be totally impervious to that so like at this point like people say stupid stuff on my content all the time that like that just happens there was a time definitely in the beginning just like seeing your retention rate go down the toilet that hurts man it's the same thing but the more like the more you see it and the more you expose yourself to it that's such a killer superpower is to be like yeah i wonder like i wonder where that person's coming from why they said that maybe it's like a different experience Maybe they forgot their lunch. You just become like so much more impervious to that stuff. Actually, like great analogy, funny story to this. So like very early in my career, I'm a, I'm a car guy. I love cars. I turned up at this meeting. I've got a Tesla Model S. This is like 2014. I'm like 26 years old. I, I hop out of my car. I go walking into this meeting. Guy rides by on his bike and like hops up, off and like starts having a conversation with me. Uh, and he's he's like getting like kind of progressively more rude, that sort of thing. And he's like asking me about my car and stuff like that. Ends up the guy like like spits on my shoes like at the end of this conversation and then like rides his bike off. So like how do you like how do you process an interaction like that? the easy thing to do is like to get pissed off and be like, why is like, why is this guy been out of shape? Like who does I would have been more pissed about my shoes. Cause I'm a shoe guy. If you're see your car guy, I'm definitely a shoe guy. <laughs> if somebody spit on my shoes, I would have chased them down, but that's. So it's like, what's, what's going on in this person's, and this is probably a 40 year old guy. Like what's going on in this person's head? Like, is he threatened? Thought I was signaling or, or, or something like that, where he was like, had some sort of beef with me. And that was at a stage in my life where it's like I have I didn't have all the experience I have now and hadn't gone through all those things. And that was like a very like what in the world just happened. Like it was a very complex social interaction. You don't really know how to process that. But it's like that's just how people are. And the, and the Internet is that times 100. 
because like you put something out and all of those same people are like they're gonna dunk on this and that and maybe it's from a sometimes it's from a justified place because their lived experience is completely different than yours other times Mm -hmm. it's like no like that's just like how they how they like getting a rise out of people is just kind of what they do and that's what they enjoy and that sort of thing they get off on getting on other people yeah so like it's actually a one of the I, great side benefits of like putting yourself out there more and more is you expose yourself to that. And honestly, I think that's the reason a lot of people don't do that is they're afraid of being exposed to that stuff. But what's on the other side of that is pretty great. Like not being yeah. able to let those people get to you and like just but like that's a that's a really awesome skill to have. Lil Wayne has a monologue at the end of one of his songs on the Carter Three misunderstood and he he goes over like al sharpton so if you're not gonna try to then what you say or think about me or whatever i do is totally casper the friendly ghost to me and how al sharpton is is like that guy like he doesn't link in it to socials or anything else like the experience you had but it's basically the same thing where he gets off getting on that was that was a quote from lil wayne like he gets off on getting on other people and some people do that's their that's their whole mo and that's their platform almost like and and we see this in the media we see this on socials too is just people their platform becomes hate uh, you know around hate or around putting other people down and i think you know that understanding that but also knowing what's your platform and knowing what your purpose comes you build those calluses and you become a lot stronger against that you've you know, you got the Scotch guard on your shoes, so it doesn't even matter. You just kind of wipe it off, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a ton of value to that. And I like that's, but the majority of people are stuck on the other side of that. Like they're they're worried about what those people are going to say. And rather than coming at it from a place of like, there's probably a touch that I can learn from that. But otherwise, like it's just kind of reinforcing like, here's how I feel and like, this is me. Yeah. Yeah, and you can't go around trying to save everybody or help everybody or even let that stuff get to you. There's always places we can learn. Grow, 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 grow marketing. It's Thursday. We're going to advertise and chat on Thursday. At Accounting High and Branding Talk is Thursday. And we're going to help you social post so you're in first place. It's time for social studies, accounting content hub, LinkedIn marketing, or X. So come join a social club. Is it Twitter? Is it X? Shit, now I can't keep up. So comment, follow, love. If you're into social studies, it's time for social studies, accounting content hub, LinkedIn marketing, or X. So come join a social club. Is it Twitter? Is it X? Shit, now I can't keep up. So comment, follow, love. If you're into social studies, Welcome back, Accounting High. Now it's time for social studies. We'll teach you new creative ways to market old products. Move beyond basics with graph and stats. Some studs you love. Position like Laura Lynn and you'll learn it's not all luck. Oh, wait, now it all changed. SEO down, IG up. ICX, Meta, TikTok, hey, LinkedIn, Roman V up. If you watch how they post, you'll see it's all authentic and genuine. Grow a following and don't get held back by perfection. Be intentional online. Create content. Now that's hot. Strategy is key with social media and pods. Start slow. Pick up 
platform, stick to it and go post. Make a plan to engage with client watering holes. Create a focused brand, be a lead online. It's a digital world with the best ROI. Now create your own ideal client persona, let's go. Keyword accounting high and get ready to blow. It's time for social studies, accounting content hub, LinkedIn marketing or X. So come join our social club. Is it Twitter, is it X? Shit, now I can't keep up. So comment, follow, love. If you're into social studies, it's time for social studies, accounting content hub, LinkedIn marketing or X. So come join our social club. Is it Twitter, is it X? Shit, now I can't keep up. So comment, follow, love. If you're into social studies, follow this show. Stay in the know. Thought lead online through networking. Like, share, repost, subscribe, YouTube, comment, engage, create, find your way.